This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575am or online at oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I'm on the air every second Tuesday at 4pm. Kia ora and welcome to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. Um, yeah, so welcome to our 84th episode and today we've got a couple of topics but first... I want to like mention, hope everyone's doing okay, like I know life can be difficult at times and it continues to be life, <laughs> there's no sugarcoating way I can put that and just look out for each other, like as much as that sounds so like happy-go-lucky, oh, peace, love and mung means, yeah it is and that is cynical but you know. It is important to look out for each other and do what you can, even if that's not much. Just, yeah, just put the word out there. Help the people around you, whether they're close to you or not. Just, yeah, and be a decent person. That's what I have to say. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about what's been very prevalent in the media at the moment, and that is the Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. Um, which has caused a bit of ruckus, and it is important to talk about. And yes, you may go, oh, it's in Florida, it doesn't affect us. But this is a major state within one of the, in the world, the world's most powerful country. And we should talk about this because, yes, we may be doing lots of things like banning conversion therapy. New Zealand is nowhere near perfect with um queer inclusion and support and also we should look out for other people and i will mention later in the show about what new zealand does that is still discriminatory to the queer community but first this bill was proposed to the, the Florida, this bill has passed one of its readings, and it's not fully put into law yet, but there's a big advocacy for it not to go into law. But this bill sets out that school districts are required to ban the teaching of LGBTQ I plus topics and history in the classroom. Schools are not allowed to encourage the discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in any way because in there are, as it's not age appropriate for students. Age appropriate is in quotation marks there. Parents who believe that their child was taught or subject to discussion around gender or sexual orientation in school may take legal action against the school district. 
So this bill is, it just, it's queer erasure, if we're going to be completely honest. And it's not okay. Like, and the, especially in 2022, like, I would expect this in the 80s. And I will go into examples in the 80s where this happened. And it's just not cricket. Like, and queer erasure is like, well, erasure of any minority group is going to be, it kills. Because you push people down and it's discriminatory and it becomes a taboo topic, which queerness is not taboo. And it's not about what you think it is. It's not about this, that, or the next thing. Because they're not banning the topics of... They're not banning the teachings of straight relationships. And, like, it's erasing queerness. Which, yeah... And it will teach queer kids, because if they're not learnt about it, or exposed to it at all, it helps shame grow. And shame is a big part of the queer community, and many people suffer from that. And that's not by their choice, or their self. That's something imposed onto them that they are almost indoctrinated into. And... Queer people are going to find shame in other places. They don't need to find that at school. And it will also increase bullying rates against queer students. And this form of bullying is still prevalent today all around the world. But if you instigate something like this, you create a culture within a school. Because... School kids can be evil sometimes. They haven't had real world experience. And it's... Because straight and cisgender people do not have to go through this all the time. And on the basis of their sexual orientation or gender. It creates discussion where this is just exacerbating the problem and increasing violence and we live in a society where people of minority groups remove the context out of this because it's all minority groups are targeted against this exacerbates the problem and creates more harm it will also it means that schools will not be a safe place and Time has shown that more and more as we progress, it's supposed to become more and more safe and less of a taboo problem. And it just means that school is not a safe place for queer kids and it will exacerbate all the things I said before. And people will be in danger and that's not what we need to know. Because putting people in danger is not okay by any stretch of the imagination. And erasing people kills.
Erasing queerness kills because it exists. We are here and we're proud. We're never going to go away. Yes, you may be able to silence us, but we'll still be here. And yes, I know, like I said before, this is not happening in New Zealand. And this is more of a speaking up sort of thing. Because the more we talk about this, the more we can have discussions around these things. And it doesn't allow this sort of stuff to happen here in New Zealand. Because if this becomes a popular trend, it could spread. And we don't want that sort of rhetoric to spread here too. We want to stop it now in Florida so it doesn't affect Floridians in the future or neighbouring states. And lots of straight and cisgender people do not get that queerness isn't just about sex because actually it isn't. And it is for some people as it is for straight people or cisgender people because actually everybody has sex and it's none of your business but they're not going to be talking about it explicitly at school yes maybe towards late into high school when they're teaching health or whatever the subject is sex education in the states but they're going explicitly into detail late into high school around straight sex too so it's equal about it but in primary school they're all talking about it. it's not appropriate to be talking about this stuff at high school they're not teaching about this stuff at primary school full stop mm. like it's not cricket like they're not teaching five-year-olds six-year-olds seven-year-olds and this is what a lot of the politicians are using in rebuttal against this bit they're going to be talking the sort of rhetoric will be taught in schools is they're not talking about penis and vagina, penis and penis, vagina and vagina, or whatever combination of uh, genitalia or things you, or orifices, because it doesn't matter. They're not going to be talking about this for young children. They're going to be talking about some parents, some kids have a mummy and a daddy, some have two daddies and some have two mummies like that's how they're going to be talking to five-year-olds like let's be real they're not going to be talking about sex to five-year-olds and it gets me livid when i hear all this rhetoric around they're going to be teaching five six seven year olds how to do this and it'll be giving them the guidebook to sex it's like no they're not going to be doing that and that is not appropriate because you're extorting it and extorting the problem is not okay because like i said earlier it puts shame and it makes it taboo to be queer because you single it out and you politicize it and yes queer people our matter of existence because of the patriarchal world we live in we're going to be political which it shouldn't be oh well it is and we shouldn't over politicize it because we should be moving towards the society where it shouldn't be a political issue because a cisgender man and a cisgender woman can walk down the street holding hands and nobody bats an eyelid 
And even today, if two men were holding hands or two women were holding hands, it'd still be looks. And any queer person will know those looks. And there is even more, like, because we can't have these sorts of fear, hysteria, and shame injected back into our queer communities because there are decades of hard-fought activists that we have to honour and that have made have paved the way for us today and to allow politicians and especially far-right politicians to revert society backward is not okay and we also need to bring into account that Florida has had a hard time with uh, queer discrimination and violence. Well, in Orlando, Florida, just, just over five years ago, there was the mass shooting that killed 50 people at the Pulse nightclub. And, like, this is the Floridian's queer community has already been through the ringer enough as it is and and you do not get a mass shooting in a society targeted at a minority when there isn't discrimination or prejudice against them within that community people like to think it's a shock that what happened in New Zealand in Christchurch against the Muslim community was it was a shock because we didn't expect it because we were all naive about it. Same sort of thing happened in Orlando in 2016 as it did here in Christchurch, New Zealand in 2019. Different context, but it's still the same sort of thing because we live in New Zealand. We live in a very xenophobic society that targets against Muslims. Frankly. Florida had the same th has the same thing against the queer community, and to erase them after having a long time of activism to stop sort of things like the Pulse nightclub event to happen again. That's not what we need, and erasing it is not okay. And to talk about the relevance of it, <laughs> Bob Chaffick, who's the chief executive of Disney, Walt Disney Pictures, has come under fire to do with this bill. It will make sense later on, because he was behind the scenes part of this bill. He is someone who is against it. Do not get me wrong. Publicly, he's against the bill. But... He never spoke out about it, and that is what he's coming under fire for. He's only speaking out against it now that it passed. And now there's been some, what should I call it? There's been many statements come out of Disney, kind of in crisis management, if you will. Because there is a lot of 
confusion and mixed messages coming out of Disney. At the top, you've got this. There are sections of Disney that have for this bill, which is disconcerting or appearing to be supporting this bill. And there are divisions of Disney where people are walking out of their jobs on strike and people who are publicly banning, uh, disgracing this bill in high management roles within different sectors of the organisation. And this is scary because this is one of the most powerful media conglomerates in the world if not it is the biggest and most high earning and to have that sort of power and send out some scary messaging is not okay and it is a big deal because one of the make the biggest theme park in the world is disney world in in um Orlando, Florida. So that's why Bob Schaefer is involved with that quite prolifically because they have quite a lot to do with the local politics already managing a big giant corporation like that. They're, they're in Orlando alone, Disney hires 190,000 people. So put that number into your head and that's larger than the size of Dunedin and yeah <laughs> so you know but and go read more into what's going on with Disney because it's a confusing messy situation but I thought I should mention it yes it may seem a bit off topic but it is important to talk about these issues because we need to hold big conglomerates accountable and this is a big issue for the queer community and it's we should be talking about this it's a big massive worldwide event and it saddens me that there's no discussion around this because there was i am not degrading what i'm about to say but there was a lot of talk around the banning of the Texas abortion law reform here in New Zealand. It spread. People talked about it. This has come up. And nothing. I find out about it because I'm proactive and I am... I am politically involved and I keep myself aware and also I am I am also got biased because I am entrenched in the activism of the queer community so there is that too and we need to be talking about this and this is not me downgrading what happened in Texas with the abortion reform because what happened there is an atrocity but there's almost this dobbing in effect where you can dob people in for talking or performing abortions in Texas. This bill implies that you can dob people in and people and parents can sue school districts for teaching these sorts of things. And exacerbating fear and shame around particular issues that affect people that aren't served by the patriarchy happens. 
and they're in quite conservative, both of them in quite conservative US states. So it may, I will say what has happened in Texas is a bigger issue. It's more consequential, but than what's happening in Florida. And that's not me downgrading what's happening in Florida with the Dan Gay Bill. But there are some parallels that we should dissect. And the fact that no one's talking about this is an issue. And I know when people want to be political, they get political. And there's almost this whitewashed cis cis-heteronormative approach to that whiteness and what is deemed political here in New Zealand when it happens overseas. But this bill, moving on, this bill isn't something new because there have been decades before now with bills similar to this and New Zealand never had a bill exactly like this, they just didn't talk about it because it was taboo and yeah and it wasn't really talked about until we included it in our bill of rights that you can't discriminate towards people on the basis of sexual orientation but there is one bill that's no longer law but it was in the United Kingdom, and this is the section 28, or clause 28. Which is very similar to the Don't Say Gay Bills right now in Florida. And this bill was in the United Kingdom, and it prohibited, and it was in law between nine, it got brought in by the Thatcher government, the Margaret Thatcher government, very conservative, very right-leaning, from effect from 1988. It wasn't, it wasn't abolished in law until 2000 in Scotland and 2003 in England and Wales. That is in the 21st century that this got abolished. And it's a very similar bill. And this bill, prohibited the prom promotion of homosexuality by local authorities and it caused many organizations including support groups for the queer community to close or limit their activities or self-identify and it caused shame and this did come out this was in the height of the HIV pandemic around the world and this came out of and before this point the United Kingdom was very progressive in terms of the queer community because they were one of the that were the first West one of the first Western countries in the world to legalize homosexuality in the 60s no less and New Zealand didn't do it until 1986 and they almost got forced to because New Zealand was one of the last members of the Western world to do so. 
and it was also due to ongoing pressure. But around this time, when New Zealand was only just legalising it, they pushed people back into the closet and did erasure. And there is a there is a um there are lots of parallels because this also meant that there was no discussion around these things and yes the 2022 floridian bill is softer than what happened with section 28 in the 80s but we should discuss that it is huge that for just over 20 years Queerness was erased after being legalised for 20 years and it took a long time for the UK to come back out of that. And it also made queerness very taboo in New Zealand because we had a very high dependency on the UK at that time. We still do to an extent and there's almost this love-hate relationship we have. It's like the parent that New Zealand doesn't really want to give up. Controversial, yes I know, and we've grown up in the world, but we're still very culturally attached to the United Kingdom, and we took on a lot of what they did. We never put a law into law around Section 28, because of decades of pressure to legalise it, they didn't really want to touch the issue again, and it did stem out of a time of talking about oh, HIV's the is a topic of well it got slumped as the gay virus or the homo virus or whatever they would like to call it because it's not yes disproportionately it affected more queer people than straight people and it still does but less so and there is a lot of reasons why but anybody can get HIV, regardless of sexuality. And we should be discussing that. Because, and I'm going to wrap up on how New Zealand still, to this day, discriminates against the queer community. And here in New Zealand, frankly, we don't, we, we do a few things that still discriminate against the queer community. Yes, we have made, we were, a, we were quite progressive on gay marriage and we had, and we've made conversion therapy illegal just this year. And we're one of the first few countries in the world to do so. And not many other countries have put bills into place. There's just lots and lots of talk. And places like the US are going backward on the issue. But New Zealand still does have some anti-queer poli anti policies. We still are quite relatively 
backward on our blood donation laws. And yes, it is a big concern, and I am not negating that. HIV is a big problem for blood donation. You don't want to give people who have give blood to people who the donor had HIV. And but if you're a gay, if you're a man who has sex with other men, and you've had sex within the last three months, you cannot give blood. Full stop. If it was more than three months ago, sure. And New Zealand did reform this very recently. And it used to be 12 months that you had to abstain from sex if you were a man, uh, a man who had sex with other men. And that was across the board 12 months. And the problem with that is straight people also get HIV. And the thing is, when New Zealand did reform that in 2020, There was a whole lot of talk of dropping the 12 months, but our politicians went soft and dropped it to three months, being in line with more moderate countries on the issue, like the UK. Like I said, we like to do what the UK does. We did what the UK did and dropped it to three months, about five years after, about three or four years after they did so. I think the UK did that in 2017. But there are countries like France, and other places around the world, can only think of France off the top of my head that does it, where they've just dropped it, full stop. They've dropped the deferral period of where people have to abstain from sex. And because they realised actually straight people get HIV too. And the other thing is, people are going to ask, oh, how do they know? Why would they do that? They just do that to make sure. Well, when they take your blood, they also take three separate vials to test for different, regardless of everyone, everyone, regardless of sexuality or any caste or anything, when they get blood, they take three vials. One, they test for HIV. One is syphilis. One is, it slipped my mind, but there's several different things they test for because they don't want to give the blood if it's got that in it. So when you get blood, they already test it for HIV anyway. And so if a straight person donates blood, right, they test the blood. And if it comes back positive for HIV, they don't give that blood to that person. They bin their blood. So, and then they tell the person they go to an H, they go to a sexual health clinic and go get tested. They will not be able to get blood ever again because they are HIV positive. But, well, at least won't be able to give blood until they've been able to find a cure for HIV. But they'll go on treatment after that. So, and also, people go get tested at, at, um, at sexual health clinics on the regular three months anyway, as well, on top of that. And it's regular to go every three months. And so... The problem is, when a straight person goes against blood, they don't have a worry in the world. And we now live in a time where we realise anyone can get HIV. Yes, gay men are disproportionately affected by contracting it. But we need to discuss the fact that anybody can get it. And if a gay man went in and gave blood, 
they took his blood, they took the vials to test. He also comes back HIV positive. Oh well, they don't give the blood. They do exactly the same thing as what a straight man, a straight person would do in that of a straight donor in that situation. So we need to discuss the deferral barriers within our blood donation system are actually offensive and they are discriminatory against gay men full stop because we need to have these discussions because we shouldn't have this deferral period anymore with the common knowledge of what's going on and yes you have conservative people around the place who will advocate for that not to happen because more gay men get HIV yes they do but we now know that anybody can get it. And if you wear a condom, it's not a problem. And the reason why that it was disproportionately higher was because back in the day, people, men didn't, gay men didn't wear condoms because condoms were only targeted toward people who were having sex with women. So they didn't impregnate that woman. They're designed for that. But they were also found that they stopped the spread of STIs. So we need to have these discussions and that because condoms weren't targeted towards the queer community because that's not what they were originally designed for. They found out later that they stopped it. And now we have the discussion that everyone wants condoms regardless. And it's not just about pregnancy. It's also about STIs. So, yes, the other thing that New Zealand still does that is discriminatory towards the queer community is we as a nation do not have written law that states that sexual orientation or gender identity mark gender identity for asylum recognition is a valid uh, uh, sorry let me rephrase sexual orientation and gender identity are not specific grounds for asylum recognition here in New Zealand. Other countries around the world do have those laws. We, to be clear, New Zealand has given asylum to asylum seekers, to people escaping from countries where it's illegal to be gay or illegal to be trans or anything under the queer umbrella and they're fearing for their life but we don't have specific written law that allows that and we have had we New Zealand has turned down asylum seekers for that reason they've ended up going on to other countries like Canada that have specific laws in place that recognize it as asylum recognition now should we be discussing the fact that New Zealand does not Except um, asylum seekers, people seeking asylum on the grounds of sexual orientation or gender identity. Yes, because New Zealand isn't actively supporting those people who are escaping their homelands where they illegally could be killed for their gender identity or, or be targeted for race, for homophobic charged and 
transphobic char charged violence against them that could kill them. We're not supporting those people actively. And saying that we have brought people into the country on those grounds in the past does not cut it. We don't have specific laws that allows that because, you know, it kind of just comes down to, man, it's who you get who decides it. And we live in a society that does not support the queer community in that way. And by living in a country that is quite, for the most part, supportive of the queer community in terms of law, the two things in terms of asylum and blood donations, we are still very backward on. And saying that you dropped it to 2020 to three months is not okay. And also, the blood service is complaining that we've got a shortage of blood and we need more blood donors. Well, you're also excluding a very large majority of people that would probably actually donate blood just because you've got backward ideas on HIV in the modern day. Because A, it is treatable and you test for it. And it's homophobic because you allow people who... You allow straight people to donate blood, and they test it anyway. So, and we're not actively supporting people escaping treachery based upon their gender identity or sexuality. But that's all I'm going to talk about for today, because I've gone on for way too long, and I've spent the last 37 minutes just ranting. And now, we're going to go to a song break. <laughs> so, thank you, and we'll be right back after the break. It's funny how it took my mind to make it all make sense.
welcome back to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. So, if you just join me now, poor timing. I talked about all the political topics I'm going to be talking about for the entire show. But if you did miss that, make sure you go and listen to the online podcast um, on Google, on the Usone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store, or on oar.org.nz and just search Operation Rakatahi in the search box or you can go and you can see a drop down folder of the youth zone um, shows and you can find me there and I was talking about the Floridian Don't Say Gay Bill and how New Zealand's law is still queer phobic in the aftermath of uh, banning conversion therapy because yes that was great but we still have other issues with our legal framework and that all of this is not new we've had the section 28s of the past and like it has very many interconnecting issues and they should be talked about and not swept under the rug and create queer erasure because we exist. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, just keep you guys selves aware. Like, yes, I know that even if you're not interested in politics, it is important to be aware of the world around you because, frankly, the world is screwed up. And I wish it wasn't. But it is and New Zealand is not unique to all these issues we are still deep down as a society still misogynistic in places and very bigoted in facets of society and we need to counteract those and yes we may seem all good and great on the world stage for being progressive and whatnot we still have a long way to go and Yes, that may be very overly critical of New Zealand, but it is important because actually it's the nation we live in and we should be critical because actually we shouldn't allow bigotry and hatred regardless of what the prejudice is against or the discrimination is against in which group minority group it's committed towards because it all isn't okay and we shouldn't be prejudicial towards groups that aren't served by the patriarchy so yeah As I include in every week's show, make sure you contact 1737 for support from a trained counsellor. This is a 24-7 service, always there for you if you need it. And if you guys are at least 18 years old or over, um, make sure you go to the Electoral Commission website and just update your electoral roll law. 
enroll yourself onto the electoral roll if you've just turned 18 because this is important because our local body elections are coming up at the end of the year and they've just put out and then you won't get this really annoying letter and you have to rush around and do all this stuff because actually if you do it now it's pretty easy and just update any issues any things that have changed in your life that they need to know it's not very much um and even if you don't know what they just search them up i can't think of them off the top of my head i still need to do it and i'm actually kind of reminding myself now to do it but it's important enroll because especially and i will mention that no one seems to sadly no one seems to care about the local body elections wish it wasn't the case but it is important it affects our everyday life here in dunedin and otago wide and it's not just about electing the government and we do have quite but actually we need to keep the voting turnout high because these people control our lives and if you don't vote the grumpy old boomer fart that's gonna not gonna serve your interests is gonna vote and we'll get a council that won't do what we need it to do and i'm not saying don't support the grumpy old fart down your street but it's important to have all voices in power because it's not a democracy without an equal playing field and also one last thing flip me an email if you want to come on the show as a guest or you have any issues you want spoken about on the air just flip me an email and at operation.rangatahi at gmail.com and give me a give the show a follow on instagram at operation.rangatahi i think that's all for the show today and hope you're all keeping safe and just mask up scan in Mandates can be annoying, but they won't last forever. And they are important. And don't let the side down. Like the Wellington protesters did. And that's all I'm going to say on that matter. And because it became violent. And we don't want violence in the community anymore. And yeah. So thank you all for listening. And I'll see you in two weeks time. Kakiti anō. Bye. We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575am or online at oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I'm on the air every second Tuesday at 4pm.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.